All right, you guys can go ahead and make your way to your seat. Happy Easter. Good to see you guys and glad you guys can be here with us this morning. Uh, my name is Ricardo Stewart. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm um, glad you guys can be with us. Got an opportunity or a gift for those of you guys who are new. Um, if this is your first time here, we have a gift for you. And so if you stop out on your way out to connect us there, there's a book that we, that we have that is an incredible book called The Prodigal God written by Timothy Keller. It's a great book in understanding what the gospel is and Jesus and so forth. So again, this is our gift to you if this is your first time here. If you've been here for a couple of years and you're like, hey, I would like to have that book, um, it's not for you. Um, you're like, well, last week was my first week here. Should have come a week later. So, so next time. All right, so a little bit about our church. We are one church. We have 10 congregations. Uh, there, we have a congregation. Most of them are here in the valley. One is in Flagstaff, and then one is in Tucson. But you are a part of Redemption Tempe, and you don't need to really worry about the other ones. <laughs> so, All right, so here's what we have. A couple of announcements before we get into God's Word this morning. Um, if you are new, or even if you've been here for a couple years, and you're saying, how do I like, get into the life and the rhythm of this church? We have something called DNA, um, and it's an incredible class that we have that they meet here on Sundays. They're able to worship together and eat and hang out and meet people, and it's led by uh, a group of our leaders here that do an incredible job at leading it. It's actually one of the better things we do, and so if you want more information about that, um, go online and you can sign up, or you can take the Connect card that's in the seat in front of you. Take the time, fill out your name, your email address, and you can drop that off in the offering boxes, which are in the back, or at the Connect desk, and we'll be able to get back to you so that you can get the proper information that's needed to be a part of DNA. Lastly, next week, we get an opportunity to celebrate baptisms. Yeah, so we're really, yeah. Over here, they're excited. Over there. Over here, can you get your hands up? Over here? No. By the way, I was so exciting. That rap. Those of you guys who showed up after the first song, you missed it. We had one of the dopest songs we've ever sang here. It was amazing. Uh, it was amazing, it was awesome, and it was awkward. <laughs> I saw some of you with your hands up that I'm like, no. Everybody's going this way, you're going this way. Just Lord, help us, give us rhythm. Not today, Lord? Okay. Not today. All right? Baptisms. <laughs> Next week we're having baptism, be able to celebrate the, the new life that God has given to people in our congregation. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, man or woman or child that trusts in Christ and you want to be baptized, uh, please take the information that's on the screen here or again, fill out the Connect Desk, um, excuse me, Connect Card, drop it off at the Connect Desk. We'll get you the information you need. We'll have baptisms at every service next week, which our normal service times are 9, 11, and then 5 p.m. So that's all I have for a time of announcements. We get an opportunity to hear from a story as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday of, of a story of an encounter that Jesus has with a man named Nicodemus. And they're talking about this eternal life in which we experience through the resurrection. And so a familiar story for some of us who've been around church, but a story that, that, that shows us how the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God is breaking into people's lives and draws people into the presence and the purposes of God. And so before we jump into God's word, let's pray and we'll ask God to bless our time. God, we thank you that you are, you are good. And God, everything that we've heard so far already, Lord, is just good news. That God, that you have risen from the dead, that our life is in Christ, in Christ alone. And Father, that you are after us, you are pursuing us. This reckless love that you have is amazing. God, I pray that you would take the scriptures today and the words that, <clears throat> that I have, God, and you would use it to stir up our affections for you, to know you, to see you, to trust you, to believe in you, to follow you, to know that your spirit is opening our eyes and awaking us to believe and trust in Jesus. 
not just to enter into the kingdom of God, but to, to be grown and to be nourished in the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the last year, um, it's tradition for us to go to my wife's family's uh, house in, in Sacramento. Um, and while we're there, my brother-in-law is a big Star Wars fan, like bigger than most kids. And um, I'm not into Star Wars. I'm usually not into like um, movies that are not real. And uh, <laughs> it's just the truth. So anyways, he's like, hey, will you go? We'll take the kids. And I said, cool, will you pay? Yeah, I'll go. So we went to go watch Star Wars. And while we're watching Star Wars, before the movie comes on, then they, they show you the trailers. And I'm watching the trailers. Oh, my alarm's going off. Um, so that's it. Um, <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Just want to leave you guys hanging. <laughs> um, so I'm watching, I'm watching the movie, and, um, or the trailer, and the trailer comes out for Black Panther. And I'm like, that's a movie I might see, right? Now, I'm not into, like, Marvel or superheroes normally, and you might say, well, why go see Black Panther? So... <laughs> Look like a movie I'd like. <laughs> uh, so we went to go see it the week it came out, and uh, <laughs> we're watching this movie. And I don't want to give too much of it away, but there's there's this. It's about this fictional country in Africa called Wakanda, right? And side note: if my wife and I were able to have a baby girl, we know the name, right? <laughs> it's Noah, Eli, and baby Wakanda, right? <laughs> like the blackest name ever. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. Like, ugh, right? So there's a, there's a, there's, there's, there's this fictional, this fictional country called Wakanda. And the thing about Wakanda is it's, it's a kingdom, but it's a kingdom that no one really knows about. And it's a kingdom that has something that the rest of the world needs, but the rest of the world doesn't even know that it needs it. And the world can't find it. No matter what the world can do, they can't get to it. And the only way they can receive this special source, which is called vibranium. And this vibranium thing is ridiculous. It brings healing and renewal and so forth. And that they're able to receive this vibranium, it actually can begin to spread inside the whole world. And the picture that it has is this underground kingdom that is actually able to rule the whole world. Okay? When we begin to look at the scriptures, and you begin to understand what Jesus is doing, when we see the ministry of Jesus, that one of the first things that he says, he says, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. This kingdom that has always existed, this kingdom in which we cannot see, and no matter what we can do, even in our works and our obedience, we cannot get to this kingdom unless the king himself brings this kingdom to us. That if he has a desire to unleash ultimately the power of not the vibranium, but the Holy Spirit in such a way that begins to renew and heal and forgive our lives in such a way that we, we see the world in a radically different way. And it's exactly what Jesus is up to. But the way that he does this is he comes and he finds us and he meets us and he draws us to himself by the power of this Holy Spirit. And so the story that we have that we're going to read this morning, and it's in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, um, and it's, again, a story of Jesus and Nicodemus. So if you have a Bible, turn there. Normally, we hand out Bibles, but given that we have so many stinking services today, they are giving you a limited amount of time, and I don't got time to waste for you guys to be handing out Bibles. So we're going to have the scripture on the screen. John chapter 3, and here's the background, here's the scene. Jesus is, is just doing his thing. There's this man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is part of the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the group of people of the most religious, of the most religious. Um, he's a leader. He's an older man. He's not a younger man. He's lived his life, but he's got some questions. He's not really sure on how to really gain eternal life. And so he wants to go see Jesus, but the problem is he can't 
He can't see Jesus in public because he doesn't want the people that he normally hangs with to actually be with him. So he goes to see Jesus at night where it's just him and Jesus having this dialogue of ultimately eternal life. And so that's where we pick up John, Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He comes at night. He doesn't want his boys to see him. Jesus is like, what's up? I'm not good enough for your boys. You're trying to come on this like, late night creep, but in not, not in that sort of way. And so Jesus and Nicodemus are talking, and Nicodemus goes, I know that God is with you. He doesn't say, I know that you're God. He doesn't say, I know that you're the Messiah. I know that you're the risen Lord. He, he doesn't know any of that yet. He's got some suspicion. And he goes, I can tell because of the signs and wonders, this miraculous signs in what you're doing. Now, if you read the Gospel of John up until this point, there's actually only been one miracle that Jesus has done that's, that's been recorded. And that miracle was when Jesus was at a wedding and he turned water into wine. So my assumption is Nicodemus is like, listen, I heard about what happened at the wedding. It was amazing, right? And Jesus is like, oh, the water, the wine thing? Yeah, I do that sometimes, right? And so now Jesus and Nicodemus are in this conversation. And here's what happens when Jesus just, he understands what he's trying to get at. Verse 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Um, first, this word born again. It just means new life. You think about what born means. It means that there's, there's, there's life. To be born again is to have a new life. Um, sometimes in Christian circles, this, 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 this phrase, born again, it can come off as weird or almost like a, a, an extra version of Christianity when it, you know, it just can be awkward. When, when, I, when I had just become a Christian, like, I mean, I probably had been a Christian for eight days, and this lady was trying to push two carts in the, grocery, in, in the, in the, the parking lot of the grocery store I was at. And I'm like, man, she needs some help. So I'm going to go help her. I'm a Christian now. I'm going to do stuff like that. So I guess I said, ma'am, do you, would you like some help? And she was, she was uh, older than me, um, and, and she said, yeah, I can use your help. And I'm helping her out, and she goes, oh, that was really nice of you. I'm like, you know, it's the littlest thing, I, littlest, you know, just whatever you say to be nice. It's the, you know, it's the least I can do, right? And she said, oh, are you a Christian? And I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. She goes, yeah, but are you born again? And her voice changed. And I was just like, yeah, I, I think I'm born again. She goes, no, do you know what it means to be born again? I'm like, listen, you, had, you needed some help with the milk. I was trying to... <laughs> I didn't even try to, this is not where I'm at today, right? <laughs> and so when you hear that born again, and sometimes it can, all, all it means is, listen, new birth. That there's a life in which you have, and there's a new life. There's a life that's given to you by birth, that from flesh, just from being born of your mother, and then there's a life that is given to you that you cannot earn, and it's not from flesh, but it's actually a life that only can be given to you of God. There's a life that you have that will ultimately lead to death because of the brokenness and frailty of us as sinners. And there's a life that you can have in God that will lead to life. So Nicodemus is hearing Jesus say, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, wait a minute. You want me to go into my mother again? And Jesus is like, Nicodemus, first, she would not like that. <laughs> Second, that's gross, right? That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. And so Jesus answers him, 
Again, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, here's what he's saying. You don't understand. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't find the kingdom of God. You're not born into a Christian family in such a way that just being born in that family, somehow you experience the kingdom of God. That, that no matter how good you've lived your life, you don't like, obey your way into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has to come to you. And so the way we say it is it's not that we need to say everybody needs to find God because we realize God's never been lost. We've been lost, and we need God to come find us. The problem with Nicodemus, and the problem with a lot of us is that we enter into religion as a way to have a spiritual ladder in which we can climb up, climb up with our spiritual obedience, and somehow we will reach God, and God says it never works like that. You may actually be a moral person, but your morality Good or bad is not what gets you in or keeps you out of the kingdom of God. It's only if the king comes and reveals himself, and that's exactly what he desires to do. So Nicodemus didn't get this, and sometimes it's the people who have actually been around the Bible the most that somehow don't get exactly what Jesus is talking about. Sometimes it's the people that have been around in some ways. It's like, it's like the flu shot, if you get the flu shot, and you don't have to, and I'm not saying that you should. I'm not saying that cloth. I'm not saying anything, right? If you got the flu shot... The purpose would be to give you a little bit of the flu in such a way that you won't catch it. Didn't work this year, but, <laughs> but sometimes we get enough of the things of God that we actually become allergic or push back to actually receiving who God really is. So my experience is this. I grew up going to church, right? Last mother, Mother's Day, we had different moms speak, and my mom was here, and um, she spoke. And other than talking about how many times she whipped my butt, I don't know why that's what she felt the need to say to you guys. Uh, I was like, did the Lord tell you to say that? Um, she talked about how we were drug babies, and everyone was like, <gasps> and she was like, I drugged in the church. And everybody was like, oh, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Get your hands up. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm on the clock. So you have, you have this, like, church for us was not once, three, four times a month. It was two to three times a week, right? It was like Monday night prayer, Wednesday night youth group, Friday night choir rehearsal. The problem is I couldn't even sing, right? But it was like, got to be in the choir. So I was just rocking back and forth, flipping it, right? I couldn't do it. It never took for me. Like, even though I knew a lot about things about God, I never were able, like, I never received Jesus in that way that it was transformed my life. And then what I basically heard, and, and no offense to anything in my church, is just probably just, just how cold my heart was, is that I heard, basically, if you could be good enough, you can get into heaven. If, if you're not good enough, then you can go to hell. And it was like, okay, this is not working, right? Because some of us, if we're honest, like Nicodemus, we're just morally good, naturally. Like, the way that you're made up, you're just, you're just, a natural sweetheart. Like, you're just good people. There are some people like that. And you know people like that. You usually can't stand people like that, but you know people like that. They're just rule followers, right? My wife, my oldest son, that's how they are. Me and my son, my youngest son, our Myers-Briggs is not made up that way, right? 
And, and the reality of it is, what we see, it's neither if you're really good or if you're not good that, that matters with the kingdom. It's all about your relationship with the king. And what we begin to see is, what, what, what Jesus is talking about the Nicodemus is, this is not something you can go find. He says, it's like the wind. Side note, wind is the same word for spirit. And he says, the spirit, or the wind, it comes and goes. We don't know where it comes from, right? But you know how you can tell when the wind is blowing? is when you have something up that can catch it. And he goes, in the same way as the spirit, you can only come to new life if ultimately you've received the Holy Spirit. The way that you participate in the resurrection of Christ is if you receive the Holy Spirit. The way that the kingdom of God begins to break in into our lives and our world is through the preaching of the gospel in such that we receive the Holy Spirit. So you can grow up and go on the church. You can grow up going to vacation Bible school. You can grow up knowing all the songs. You can know all the right things to do and totally miss on what the Spirit of God is up to. Because you can't get there on your own. It's something that the king has to reveal. So back to Black Panther. So the premise is you have this kingdom, right, Wakanda, and you have this king. And the king's in conflict with his enemy, which you kind of like more than the king at some point. And, and ultimately the conflict is they have this vibranium and they're keeping it to themselves. The thought is if this vibranium could be released into the whole world, it would actually bless the whole world. But the king has to decide to, to give it away. And he's got to decide to give it away freely. Now you're saying, Ricardo, are you trying to make parallels with the movie Black Panther and the gospel? That's not what I said. All I'm saying is in the movie, the king is living, and then the king dies, and then the king comes back to life. <laughs> he defeats his enemy and then decides to take what the world needs, a vibranium, and takes it out to the rest of the world that the world may be healed. If you make those parallels connect, <laughs> that's on you, right? And what we have, like here, is Jesus is saying, like, I'm the king, the kingdom is here. Um, ultimately, he's going to de defeat the ultimate enemy of sin, Satan, and death. And he's telling Nicodemus, it's not about necessarily your morality, it's about what I'm able to give you freely that gives you eternal life. Verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you don't understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe in, if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so much the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. He's looking at Nicodemus and he's saying, you still don't get it, but it's all right. Because no one fully gets it unless the Son of Man reveals it. And he says in the same way that you have in the Old Testament, where the people of God had this plague and they were going to die, and God made a means of grace, and that was this serpent, this bronze serpent, where we lifted up in the air, and he worked through that as a means of grace, that by faith that they believed in God's grace, that they would actually receive healing. And what he's saying is, you know that, because Nicodemus would have known that as a Pharisee. He goes, that was just a type of what was to come. He goes, the Son of Man is going to be lifted up. And what he means in there is there will be a death of Christ, a resurrection of Christ, and an exaltation of Christ in which the rightful king will, will be placed on the throne. And then in that day, that those who looked by faith, by the Spirit unto him, will have eternal life. Nicodemus is an old man who's saying, I would love this eternal life. A mentor told me 
there's, there's, there's two things I know. I've never met a young man that is without arrogance, and I've never met an old man that, isn't, that is not without regrets. Nicodemus is saying, I might be wrong, and Jesus is saying, you're wrong, and everybody else is wrong. But he happens to be the truth. And he's saying that it is through his death, it is through his resurrection, and through his exaltation that he is the king, and he is deciding to take the Spirit of God and unleash it into the world that the world may know and have eternal life by having faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, I would love to say, at this moment, Nicodemus got on his knees and said, Lord, I receive you into my heart. You know what? He didn't do it. One, because the Bible never says anything about receiving him in that way into his heart, but Nicodemus had to let life play out. And for many of us, we don't know the exact moment in which God, by the Holy Spirit, opened our eyes to see him. Like, if we could go right now and listen to everybody's story, which we can't, but if we could, everybody here who would trust in Jesus, you would go, some, some of you guys would go, I know, how many of you guys, just curiosity, how many of you guys know, like, the moment, the day, the time when God opened up your eyes? Right? A few of you guys. Guys, these are the lucky ones. Most of us are like, around this time. Right? For me, like I said, I grew up in church, left high school, had no intentions on doing the church thing or the Jesus thing, got to college, um, came to college to play football. Um, you had to go to school too, but I came to play football. And I was here for the five years they give you. And, uh, <laughs> and then graduated. And I had these moments, right? These moments where I just see God is just breaking in and trying to draw me to himself. And one of them was just, just the idea of every once in a while there would be these moments where I would have this sense that I wanted God. And I'd wake up and I would just show up to a church service. Like, I just, you know what, I should be in church. And I'd go to church. I'd definitely go to church on Easter. And every rent runs around a Sunday morning, wake up and go to a church. But that, that it, I would love to say, that's when it happened. That's not it. A few years later, my junior year in college, I, I fractured my neck in, in a game. And it was one of those, like, horrible situations that you see on TV that you, why you don't allow your kids to play football. Um, and, you know, I'm getting carted off. And, you know, they're taking me off. It's on TV. And my friends like to joke around, like, yeah, we saw you give a thumbs up. I'm like, I didn't give a thumbs up. Like... <laughs> It was, it was like one of the worst days of my life, but thanks for making fun of me, right? And there's, there's, there's this, this sense where I got my feeling back on the way to the hospital. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be paralyzed. I had this moment of like, God, is this your way to get my attention? Nothing happened then. And then there's another moment where I have, um, I'm in the study hall, and I'm finishing this paper that's due in about an hour. And, uh, and the same thing, I just had this overwhelming sense out of nowhere, and I just... I think I need God. So I called the godliest person I know, my mom, and I was like, man, I just feel like I need God. And she goes, so baby, you need God. I'm like, that, okay. That's what I just said. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do, right? And I'd love to say that moment. Well, then, fast forward, I'm, go I'm back in California where I grew up, and my mom's there, and she's, um, I'm there for a bachelor party. She doesn't know that, because I didn't used to tell my mom stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> And she goes, hey, you know, I know you're going to be here on Friday night. Our church is having this revival. The black churches will have revivals. We planned them. And then uh, this pastor was coming in from Louisiana, and would you come? And I'm like, you know, you, I, can, I have never said no to my mom, ever. Um, ask my wife. Uh, and so, and so, yeah. <laughs> so... We, we, uh, we, uh, we go, and I, get, I convince one of my friends, like, hey, my mom's you know, got this church thing. Why don't you come with me? And afterwards, we're going to go to this bachelor party. So we go, and there is this, this pastor's there. And you just got to think, like, stereotypical black church is packed. Um, everybody's in there dressed up. It's hot. There's no AC. There's, like, fans. There's, like, probably, like, eight fans, and then everybody's got fans. And, and you know, it's just it's long. 
is long. And finally, the pastor gets up, and he just starts preaching, right? And he starts preaching, right? And he's sweating, and he starts teaching out of Daniel. And there's this party, and he's like, the party's going on, and everybody's at this party. And he goes, and you know who's not invited to the party? God. But guess what? He shows up anyway, right? And everyone's like, woo, right? Like, oh, get your hands up. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, he shows up anyway, and there's like this hand that is writing on the wall, and everybody freaks out. If you go read Daniel, you'll freak out too. And he's talking, and he goes, and the whole point he kept saying is, the party is over. And he was like, the party is over. And he goes, the party is, and everybody would say, they didn't say over. That's just not how he did it, but I get it. Um, and so, like, the party is over. And then he, like, got real quiet. And he walked to the front of the stage and he goes, uh-huh, there's somebody in here tonight that is waiting for me to finish because they're trying to get to a party. <laughs> I promise you. I look at my friend David, I'm like, oh, man, he knows. <laughs> right? And, and I, I, I promise you, after that was over, I didn't give my life to the Lord, but I did not go to that party. And my friend who got married, he was mad. I'm like, dog, I can't go, man. You don't understand. Like, and my buddy David went. I'm like, you, are you, did you just hear what I just heard? God might be, listen, I'm not going. Let me know if that hand shows up, right? <laughs> then, six months after that, I'm having these dreams. All right, this is where it gets a little freaky and it might freak some of you guys out. Disclaimer. Um, I'm having these weird dreams of a lion and a lamb. And if you've been around church, you know that the lion and the lamb, they're, they're, they're symbols of Jesus. And I don't remember ever learning about the lion and the lamb, but I do know this. This was different in my dream. The lamb, or excuse me, the lion was really tame. And the lamb was very aggressive. And lightning bolts was coming out of the, the lamb's mouth. And I'd wake up. And, uh, and I just kind of go, this has to be God, because um, it happened over and over again. And I didn't know what to do. Two days later, um, after this had happened, I'm sitting in my apartment, and I get a phone call from a number, a California number that I didn't know, and I answer it, and this is old lady who's on the, on the phone. And she goes, hey, uh, Ricardo, this is, she says my name, or her, her name, and, um, and, uh, and she goes, I'm in your mom's prayer group, and I'm um, I really felt the Lord wanted me to call you, so she gave me your number. I'm mad, because I'm like, why is my mom giving? <laughs> this lady who I don't even know my number, and what has she shared with this lady? And this lady, whew, she just prophetically spoke into my life. And I know we don't have room for that sometimes. God's just so much bigger than us. Um, and she said things that nobody else knew. Things that I was just wrestling with. I mean, she, the dreams, all of that. And then I had this pain in my belly button, and I kept going to see the trainer and the doctor kind of saying, what's going on? I got this belly button pain, and they were like, oh, you probably tore the ab or something like that. The doctors didn't know, and she goes, oh, yeah, that pain in your belly button. You know about that, too? She goes, yeah, put your hand there. So I put my hand there, I'm on the phone. She goes, the Lord, it's a reminder to let you know the Lord is going to turn you, um, make you, make you new from the inside out. The pain will go away. No more pain after that, like that moment. And I was like, I'm freaking out. I'm looking out, the, I promise you, I'm looking out the blinds. As if somehow if she's out there, she would know about my life. Um, you're just freaked out because you never know when God or how God's going to show up. You never know. And it's always disruptive when he shows up. 
And so I said, you know, said her name, and I said, what do I do? Here's the thing. I, I never met this lady. This could have been an angel for, for all I know. Um, and I said, uh, what do I do? And she goes, you got to run the God. But I'm like, I don't even, I hear that. I hear this language. I have no idea how to run the God. And then she said to me what Jesus says to Nicodemus. The next line he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. She goes, all you need to do is believe in the son in whom God has given and allow the Holy Spirit who is already at work in your life to give you the faith to believe and trust him. And that's all you need to do, baby, she said. She's always baby. That's all you need to do, baby, for the rest of your life. And that's the truth. Whether you're old and in age like Nicodemus or whether you're 22 like how I was, whether, whether you've grown up in the church or whether you've never even been to a church, Jesus says, whoever would believe in the Son and whom God said, whoever would believe in the Son and whom he sends, this is the faith that we have, that we have eternal life. That the way that we begin to receive the kingdom that God desires for us to live in, the kingdom that comes of the Spirit, not of the flesh, is by believing in the one in who he is sent. And the crazy thing about it is, you, you, you won't want to be healed unless you realize you're hurting. And you won't want to be found unless you realize you're lost. And you will never desire experience of life unless you realize that spiritually you are dead. And it's in those moments that you have those desires that God has a greater desire in Christ and he fulfills it and he meets those needs only in and through the work of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? God can only reveal this. Nothing else can reveal. Sometimes I'll have people say, Ricardo, you said this and God, no, 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 no. It's not ever about what I say. God is trying to find you. He's not trying to be found. He's never been lost. He has a reckless pursuit and love by his spirit to bring people into his kingdom that they may be born again into a new life and a life in which they did not earn and a life in which they cannot lose only by faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are busy in the circumstances and all of ours are different and yet consistent in, in the means. And that is an undeserving gift of your love an acknowledgement on our end of our sin and the gift of faith to believe in our Savior. To believe not only that he forgives us of our sins, but he's promised us new life and life forever that only the Spirit could bring, to be born of the Spirit. And so, God, I pray not just individually, but even corporately as a people, that we would understand and believe in the power of the Spirit, that you are not only just renewing our hearts, but you are promising, Lord, to renew the whole world and that likewise, Lord, that we would not keep this to ourselves, but we would share it in word and in deed, that it would be good news, Lord, to all of us and good news to, to those who hear it. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.